0: Michael was looking for a new kind of porn, something different. Like most people, he had exhausted all other categories. That's when he saw it.
1: And it was this guy and his wife and what they would do. He and his wife would hire, I'm assuming they were, you know, porn actresses just starting off or something. Some of them um, gave him hand jobs. Some of them gave him blow jobs and some had sex with them.
0: The wife in the videos and some of the other actresses would have conversations about the husband's penis in front of him. Conversations that Michael had never really heard before, at least not in porn.
1: The girls who were just giving him hand jobs would say, oh, I only have to use two fingers. And, you know, the wife would laugh and, you know, the girls who were having sex with him would be like, oh, are you in yet? And then the girls, you know, would blow and be like, oh, I can deep throat you without trying or, you know some clever crap like that
0: he had come across sph porn or small penis humiliation and it turned him on because michael's penis like the husband's was also small very small this is how i fuck and i'm your host natalie rivera Michael's real name isn't Michael. He didn't want his name attached to this episode, which is understandable. So for the sake of our guest's privacy, we'll be referring to him as Michael. Michael has a micropenis, though he hasn't been diagnosed with one, at least not yet. Some experts believe that an adult micropenis is a stretched penile length of 3.67 inches or less. For reference, the average adult penis length is five and a quarter inches. With those definitions in mind, Michael considers his penis a micropenis.
1: Depending on what tape measure or ruler I'm using, I'm between about two and a half and just shy of three inches. I suppose it depends on the day. Depends on the erection.
0: Of course, he didn't know his penis was below the average size growing up. Because classmates can be mean, there were other aspects of himself that were a little more at the forefront of his mind.
1: I was fairly quiet as a kid. Um, Was usually the largest kid in height and uh, weight in my classes. Um, So, you know, always got called fat and picked on and wasn't very good at standing up for myself, even though I probably could have fought every classmate and one but um just wasn't just wasn't that way um had you know I still had friends and stuff so my childhood wasn't bad by any means school was rough but i mean i was uh i was fairly athletic for being you know the biggest uh guy out there
0: growing up with a christian family in the midwest michael wasn't allowed to have a tv in his room until he was a teenager Actually, he wasn't allowed to have cable TV at all until he was 10, which was probably why his first glimpse into anything sexual was a porn magazine in his uncle's bathroom. He didn't masturbate to it, though, but it did kind of change something in him.
1: I think after that, I was always kind of interested in women then. I always seemed to have like a little crush on somebody's mom or something growing up after that. That kind of kickstarted a little something, but there was no way I really, I don't think understood.
0: His parents in school, which preached abstinence and abstinence only, didn't prepare him for what would be his first sexual experience with himself. There was a rap video on MTV at his grandmother's house. Michael felt something weird, so he sprinted to the bathroom to play with himself. It was the first time he ever did something like that, and while he's not sure he orgasmed, it definitely wouldn't be his last time. What was your impression or what what was your relationship with your penis? What did did you think of your penis?
1: Oh, I, I had no idea, like, about size. I just thought it was normal. I figured, you know, once I hit 14 or 15 and hit, you know, puberty, that it would grow. You know, I didn't think about it, really. I didn't see anyone else's or anything. I mean, I probably... You know, maybe 12 or 13, I may have seen like a porno and been like, oh, well, hopefully mine's gonna get that big someday or something, but it was never anything negative about me or um, any negative feelings towards myself.
0: Like a lot of people, me included, the way you see yourself kind of takes a 180 turn when you get to high school. As much as you don't want to admit it, as much as I don't want to admit it, you start comparing yourself to other people when you become a teenager. Maybe it's because you feel you're competing for good grades, compliments, and teenage romances. Comparing yourself to others seems almost like an inevitable symptom of high school. That seemed to have been the case for Michael when he went into the boys' shower room for the first time.
1: So when I went to when I turned uh, fourteen, freshman year of high school, you played sports. You showered. Um, they were big group showers. There was no. Uh, like stalls or anything of the sort. So that's when you went in, you saw everybody's stuff and they saw yours. And that's when I finally realized like, Oh crap, these dudes are carrying around like baby arm and I've got like a baby finger. So then when uh, they saw what I was dealing with, obviously it went from, you know, fat jokes to uh, small dick jokes.
0: Michael says that while the small dick ridicule wasn't constant, it still hurt.
1: I never let it get to me that bad that I was ever like suicidal over it or that upset over it. Like I dealt with it and you know, gave people shit back here and there and you know, tried to, you know, at least defend myself a little. But at the end of the day, I didn't really make it wasn't that big of a deal to me.
0: Can I ask why it wasn't a big deal for you?
1: Um, I guess maybe it's just being used to being made fun of. I think it's because the fat jokes probably hurt worse because that was like an outward thing that everybody could see.
0: Even though he wasn't having sex in high school, he was still fooling around with girls back then, or at least a girl. There was the neighborhood girl who would give him hand jobs for a couple of summers. She never finished him off, but she would let him grab her breasts and finger her, which was nice.
1: But it kind of reassured me that, like, even though I was getting made fun of for it, like, there was at least one girl who didn't, you know, didn't mind.
0: The neighborhood girl eventually got a boyfriend. It wasn't Michael. This wasn't really new for him, though. He was never the boyfriend back then.
1: And I didn't really date after that. I mean I tried but just didn't have much luck with women and uh sex was like really not on my mind that much at all. I mean obviously I had I had the opportunity I would have been all over it but the way I was uh striking out I wasn't too too worried about it at that point
0: and by worry about it do you mean worried about your size were you were you ever worried about you maybe not being big enough for when you would have sex like maybe when when you got older
1: so when you're at least where i was from nobody was having sex like it was extremely rare at 14 15 years old it was you know a lot of you know losing your virginity at like junior prom you know so you you know it was more common for like 16 17 18 year olds so once we got to that age and like you it was you know the internet was coming around it was easier to see like porn um like porn videos instead of just magazines and then yeah i kind of started wondering like oh am i gonna be big enough but like i said i just was so kind of uh been, you know, had been having such bad luck with women that I wasn't overly worried about sex anyway, because I was having trouble, you know, kissing someone and, and sex was like way far off in the distance.
0: He did have penetrative sex with a woman, though, not when he was in high school, but when he was 24. He was just getting over a girl he was in love with, one of his friends. They didn't date, but that didn't mean it didn't hurt. He had pined for this girl for years, and now that she was gone, Michael felt it was time to give dating a real shot, so he signed up for OkCupid. He met a girl there that he talked to for a couple of weeks before being asked back to her place.
1: And it was pretty much the scariest experience of my life.
0: At first, the OkCupid woman made it clear to Michael that they were not having sex. Sex was not on the table that night, and he needed to be okay with that. He was. But after some making out during a movie, the okay cupid woman asks him if he wants to take this back to the bedroom. They do, and that's when she pulls out a dildo. Like a really big dildo.
1: So she breaks out this, uh, this clear colored dildo. And I mean, it's like, it was girthy and like, probably like 12 inches. And I'm just like, Oh my God, if I take my underwear off in front of this girl and she sees that me compared to that, like that could be rough. But then hormones took over, and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to, you know, use this dildo on her. And so we could, you know, start um, using the dildo, and and she's getting, you know, super into it. And uh, after probably a solid like 15, 20 minutes, She's like, okay, let's do it. I'm like, do what? What are you talking about? It's like, let's have sex.
0: He's surprised by the change of heart, but he's more excited than anything else. He climbs on top of her and tries to slide his penis inside of her.
1: I just feel warmth. like I don't feel anything else. And I'm like, this is weird. So I change positions. Um, We try doggy style because I figure that way I can see easier. Like what exactly is happening? I'm able to, you know, see that I'm in, but like neither one of us are feeling feeling anything. It's just like I feel kind of a warmth, but there's no tension whatsoever. It's and she obviously feels nothing. She kind of like would hump back on me and eventually like I'd just slide out.
0: The okay Cupid woman kept going, you know, without Michael actually in her.
1: And would like moan, have knowing or having no idea that I wasn't in her anymore. Like my like my dick was just like out chilling in the breeze, and she's just humping away on air, pretending that like I'm in there. And so we just both kind of gave up, and I she helped me finish myself, or she helped me finish myself, and we like talked a little bit and hung out, and we're kind of like yeah. Maybe we'll talk again, but definitely did not
0: talk again. So his experience here isn't exactly the norm for people with micropenises. It actually isn't even the norm for him. According to experts, people with micropenises are capable of having normal sexual functionality. It does not affect a person's ability to urinate, masturbate, or orgasm. In fact, sexual health expert Michael Ritano, MD, told Health.com that while micropenis can be a discomforting condition for some men, a fully satisfying sex life can be possible both for them and their partners. From a functioning point of view, the size of a man's penis is the least significant aspect of your sexual capacity to provide a partner the pleasure they desire. However, there are people with micropenises who have trouble with penetrative sex. This isn't always the case, though. While that seemed to have been the case for Michael during his first time, he suspected the next time he had penetrative sex would go a lot smoother.
1: A uh, girl that I had been friends with that had moved from town, not the one that I was in love with, a completely different girl, um, moved back to town. She hit me up and we started talking and she told me, you know, she was always kind of interested in me back in the day and that we should hang out. And I'm like, you know, let's just see what happens. Let's see if it's, you know, if, if it's all going to be like my first time or if it's going to be better. So we talked for a while, and finally she just suggested I come over one night.
0: They had a couple of glasses of wine before heading to her room. Michael was nervous.
1: You know, I was, didn't know what to expect when, you know, the underwear finally came off, but she didn't say anything, like she didn't point and laugh or anything of the sort. And things went super smooth, and eventually, you know, I asked her if she wanted to have sex, and she said, yeah, and it was actually really good like we were able to do a few different positions. I mean, I suppose I may have slid out once or twice, but it was nothing like nothing like the first time. It was amazing.
0: They hooked up a couple more times after that. The sex stayed consistently good.
1: You know, I know there's a whole debate on squirting and stuff, but I actually did make her squirt. And so I was like I was like, "Oh, okay, the little guy can uh can do it."
0: While these sexual experiences seemed like a success to him, Michael still wanted to make sure that he could rely on other ways to please his partners in case there was ever a repeat of his first time. So he did some research.
1: And, you know, right up on the Internet on uh, the correct way to go down on girls. And so I always kind of tried to focus on that just in case I ever came upon a situation where I was like, oh, my my dick really is not doing it for her. Honestly, though, it was just like, find the clit and then read her body language. You know, move your tongue different ways and see how she reacts.
0: He didn't really get to practice this with that many women, though. He didn't date much after the second woman he slept with. Life just got in the way sometimes. So I know you mentioned that you haven't really slept with that many people in the last couple of years. But I am curious about what masturbation is like for you or has been like for you
1: so um the way i masturbate um like i can pretty much fit a whole fist on there um obviously it doesn't stick out the end but it just gets too oversensitive on like having all that pressure on my head so i basically use my uh, first three fingers on the bottom and my thumb on the top so i don't actually grip my whole penis um it's just like thumb on top, and then hand kind of loose, and then the uh, two or three fingers on the bottom.
0: Like most people, the material he's masturbated to has evolved throughout his life. There were the obvious changes, like going from his uncle's porn magazines to porn websites, but his taste in the content also evolved.
1: Like it went from, you know, any porn that I could find to like... You know, in like the scene phase, you know, in the early 2000s and stuff, it was like, you know, Burning Angel, God's Girls, Suicide Girls that got all my attention. then as I aged it, you know, eventually I stumbled onto uh small penis humiliation and that kind of like got all my attention.
0: Can you describe to me what that is? I mean, there's
1: different varieties, but it's basically all. Just women making fun of the size of your penis. Um, I suppose it can be uh, men too, but I'm pretty darn straight, so it's just women for me.
0: Had had you ever been turned on by humiliation before?
1: No, definitely not until I uh, not until I started getting into it on the internet. I guess it took all those you know days of uh, being humiliated and the times I was nervous. About my penis size and kind of turn the trauma and nerves into like, oh shit, I'm extremely turned on.
0: He first came across Small Penis Humiliation Porn, SPH, five years ago. Back then, there wasn't that much of it online, but that changed year after year.
1: It seems like with all the cuckolding porn and uh, the appearance of more like female doms and stuff, it seems like there's just all sorts of... SPH on the internet now. So it's really easy to find that stuff.
0: By cuckolding, Michael means the fetish or kink in which someone gets turned on by their partner having sex with someone else. Some people engage in cuckolding because they are turned on by the humiliation. Michael has grown to love humiliation, but the kind that involves a woman berating a man with a small penis. Humiliation and sex is a combination he never imagined he'd enjoy, and it was something he wanted to try for himself.
1: So it was originally I would just like cruise on Instagram and find uh femdoms and you know hit up their DMs and be like, Hey, would you be interested in making fun of me for like forty bucks or you know, she'd start off teasing me and eventually I'd send a dick pic and then she would start the humiliation and I would uh you know masturbate and you know, send a pic or two while I was masturbating and, you know, I'd have her tell me when to finish and I would, you know, try to finish when she tells me, you know, on command kind of thing.
0: What kind of humiliation do you enjoy? Like what, what kind of things do you want uh, a person to to say to you?
1: Usually it's a combination of things, but usually I enjoy like, you know, you're the smallest dick I've ever seen or like that's pathetic or, you know, I'll never fuck you. Your dick's way too small for me to fuck you. I wouldn't be able to feel it.
0: As, uh, so as someone who was bullied growing up, why do you think you ended up getting turned on by humiliation as an adult?
1: So I have a really good friend who is extremely intelligent on pretty much everything. And she knows everything about me. So when I told her I was into the humiliation, she got all a uh, psychiatrist on me and said, well, I wonder basically if it's because that you're paying for it and you're asking for it, that you're actually in control of the situation, as opposed to when you were a kid, you, when you were getting made fun of and stuff, you had no control over it. You just had to, you know, be subjected to it and there was nothing you could really do about it.
0: As time went on, Michael grew tired of paying random women online to humiliate him virtually. He wanted to experience SPH in person, so he hired a professional dominatrix who lived nearby. He paid her a couple hundred bucks to come over to his place and do a light BDSM session with SPH, of course.
1: We started off just, like, talking real cool and just kind of, you know, just small talk, just trying to ease, you know, a little bit of tension. And then she... Uh, Had me, uh, you know, start like massaging her legs and she had me uh, help her change into these uh, stilettos she had brought along. And as I'm helping her change into the stilettos, she's like digging the heels of the other one into my leg and stuff. And I'm like, oh, so apparently I like pain.
0: Eventually, she had him take off his shorts and underwear. She made fun of his size.
1: She made fun of my dick a bunch um, and made me jack off in front of her. As I was jacking off, she would like force feed me like my own pre-cum, which I had never done before. But I was like, okay, I'm down with this. I still haven't done it since then, though.
0: That was the first and only time Michael had an in-person session that involved humiliation. He continued paying women online to humiliate him, but the excitement eventually died out. He wanted something more personal, so when that friend of his who he was in love with all those years ago, the one who moved away, was tight on money, he suggested they come up with an arrangement.
1: So uh, one day, like, we were just talking and she was like, hey, can you lend me, like, ten bucks? And I'm like, yeah. And so I sent her the 10 and she was like, oh shit. And I'm like, what? She's like, well, I thought I needed 10, but my account went negative. So I got charged a fee. So now I need like 50 bucks. And I'm like, you know, I would send you the money, but I was, I had plans with, uh, you know, Instagram dom like tonight or tomorrow or something. And I was going to pay her, you know, 50 bucks to make fun of me. So I get off and she was like, well, I wish I could do that or something. And I'm like, wait, Really?
0: Because they didn't live near each other anymore, everything was virtual. But because this was someone he had been in love with so many years ago, it felt like a better arrangement for Michael than, say, having a stranger do it over Instagram. They would exchange pictures over the phone, and she'd humiliate him over text messages and video chat. At first, he was sending her $60 for her phone bill. Eventually, he started requesting more photos and more humiliation from her, so much more that he was sending her a couple hundred bucks every month.
1: So I basically got obsessed with her doing it. And it was pretty much the only way I masturbated was to her for like four years.
0: Was it weird to be engaging in this, like in this kind of thing with her after like loving her for so long, wanting her for so long?
1: No, it was, it, it was pretty easy for the both of us. My crush dissolved after a while and stuff. Like I still thought she was, you know, super gorgeous. And I, if she had asked me to date, I probably would have said yes. Um, Although I didn't have the exact same infatuation with her. This girl is, you know, finally giving me attention and, you know, it wasn't the like ideal attention that I wanted because I was having to pay her and, you know, she was being, uh, being mean to me, but it both, you know, worked for both our situations. So, you know, we, I guess we just each sacrificed because I mean, she, she didn't, you know there were times where i could tell you know she wasn't in the mood so i tried to you know put my feelings on hold and just you know send her the 60 bucks and wait for her to make it up to me or send her 100 and 200 bucks and wait for her to make it up to me which she usually did
0: their arrangement eventually soured. His friend was growing tired of the requests. She found a stable job and didn't need the money as much as she did before. On top of that, Michael's financial situation had changed. He didn't have that much disposable income to be paying her anymore, so they eventually called it quits.
1: It's been a lot of just, like, trying to find that same thing again, but nobody else, like, does it for me even the humiliation, like the humiliation, isn't it for me anymore.
0: What do you mean by no one else does it for you? How how so? Was it, was it the emotional connection?
1: I, it was yeah, it was the emotional connection and then the attraction and just like the proximity. Like, you know, we went to like weddings together and, you know, she knew my family. I knew her family, like super duper close friendship. And then, adding like this sexually charged thing on top of it. And it was just like amazing.
0: I'm curious. And I'm look. I'm not, I'm not trying to shame you or anything, but I, I'm just really curious about this. Um, I, I'm curious if you felt any sort of guilt because it was, it was so transactional and because she, she wasn't into it sometimes, you know?
1: Oh, there was definitely guilt a little bit. Like, cause I know she didn't enjoy it. So there was, Um, a little bit of guilt and it did put strain on our friendship from time to time. But like at the end of the day, we were still definitely each other's like number ones. We could still go to each other for anything.
0: Michael's not necessarily sure he wants to continue doing SPH after that. I mean, like he said, that arrangement was kind of the best he's ever had. He decided that maybe it was time to try looking for a relationship. He's only had one relationship before, which lasted about eight months. It was good and the sex was great. So he wanted to see if he could replicate that. This was around the beginning of COVID. So dating was understandably difficult.
1: Yeah. I had, uh, I had a girl over, we were just hanging out. We were watching something on Netflix and, you know, things started getting a little hot and heated and we were making out and, you know, there's hands roaming around and she, uh. When she touched uh, my crotch, she kind of... I I mean, it's just... A, there's just like a little shift.
0: She didn't say anything, and they continued kissing. She eventually started removing his pants.
1: When she grabbed hold and then, like, eventually saw my erection, her mood did kind of change. Like, she played with it a little bit um, and just kind of never, like, really progressed it like you think you know would be normal like she grabbed it but she never actually started you know giving me a actual hand job and eventually it just kind of tapered off and we stopped kissing and like five minutes later she was like well i you know kind of need to get going get to work in the morning or you know some something like that and she bounced she never did uh Never did talk to me again.
0: That was the only time Michael ever got a negative reaction at his penis size from a sexual partner. Getting to know Michael a little bit more now, I hope he doesn't experience reactions like that again in the future. You know, unless he he wants that. Though it didn't seem like the case that time. Looking back at my own sexual history, there have been a couple times where I was with someone who was pretty small. Maybe even almost micropenis small. I didn't make a face, but we also didn't really try to do anything penetrative after. I wonder if I was too quick to assume the person couldn't perform penetrative sex with me. Speaking to Michael, I've learned that, yeah, size really doesn't fucking matter. If you're really into someone, then you try to figure it out, because pleasure between partners isn't about just one person. Thank you so much for speaking with me. I really appreciate it. I I really enjoyed our conversation.
1: Oh, for sure. All right, yeah, no, thank you so much. I'm glad I got to talk to you, too. That, like, just was cool to connect more.
0: Thank you for listening to How I Fuck. If you like our podcast, give us a rating, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe if you haven't already. How I Fuck is produced by me, Natalie Rivera. I'm also the host and creator. Ben Quintus is our audio engineer. Cheyenne Lopez did copy and fact check. Original music by Miguel Gutierrez. You can find more of his music online under the artist name, Mac. Thank you again for listening. Our next episode is in two weeks. Until next time.